0: you son of a bitch need some people for a thing Glar. you son of a bitch I'm in you son of a bitch I'm in
1: you You son son of a a bitch bitch. I'm in in. you son of a bitch I'm in you son of a bitch I'm in
0: you son of a bitch I'm in I'm in I'm in in. what's the job I'm in you sons of bitches you son of a bitch thanks for doing this guys what's the job that was it Bye.
1: Lights, camera, action. Welcome back to another episode of Happy Hour Films. As you all know, I am Ross Bacon. I'm joined by my co-host, Mike McGuigan. Mike hi.
0: How's everyone doing?
1: And as you should know by now, we're two idiots to drink and talk about movies. Now, we are in, uh, what is this, week two of our yes. streaming December? And uh, this time we're talking about some streaming action. And
0: uh, so this was what ended up causing this theme to come up was i kind of wanted to do a steven seagal week so i wanted to do direct-to-video but those movies are harder to come by and it's hard to find actors that are so known for direct-to-video so we switched the streaming which for better or worse the movies are easier to find
1: <laughs> i mean the options are definitely there and yeah. uh netflix seems to be pumping out a whole bunch of them but um and tonight we're gonna be talking about two of them but um. Yeah, so this week is action is what we're going to be doing. So we're going to start with Red Notice, and then we're going to do Army of Thieves, which both are on Netflix, and then we're going to do Beyond the Law, which is, uh, (laughs) it's a straight to video Steven Seagal movie that has nothing to do with his earlier movie, Above the Law.
0: (laughs) (laughs) By... It does have DMX in it, it
1: does have DMX in it. And uh, Zach Ward briefly shows up, and uh, well, not briefly, he's the, he's the villain, but anyway. But before we get into all that, we gotta talk about what we're drinking. So, Mike, what do you got?
0: All right, so now that I have my apartment back up north, I can go back to exploring some of those breweries. And I got uh, I went with south were southward blonde ale with honey from departed souls brewing in jersey city okay that so, was the one
1: that was that's the depotted right depotted yeah. souls yeah.
0: depotted <laughs> yep um so it's about 5.8 percent alcohol and
1: yeah i think i had that one during jack nicholson not that beer is, but that brewery
0: it is a solid it's a solid ale Um, You can definitely taste the hints of honey. Not doing anything too crazy, but definitely a good drink.
1: Noise, noise. All right. And I went to Total Wine and I crafted a six pack just so I didn't have like extras laying around uh, in my fridge. So this is going to be kind of like, and I kind of, my theme was basically like, do I like the title of this beer? Sure. I'll grab it. Uh, Does it seem interesting? Sure. I'll grab it. Uh, so, I got two today, uh, two for this one. That one is called Fuck the Virus, which kind of goes with uh, Army of Thieves because the army, it's a prequel to Army of the Dead, which is a zombie flick. But it's from Bridge and Tunnel Brewery, which is uh, in Ridgewood, New York. Now, I am. I'm sorry to our New York listeners. Thank you for listening. But I hate the city of New York. I hate it. And I hate all the people in it. And I hate the attitude of the New Yorker, like that we are just superior to everyone. That New
0: York is the greatest city on the yeah, planet. It's the greatest, you know, the greatest others, city on the planet.
1: The yeah, greatest city of all time. Even though other cities exist, New York is still the best. Um, but yeah, oh, so.
0: Fuck Tokyo. <laughs> right. Yeah, fuck
1: Tokyo. Fuck London. Fuck everywhere, you know? fuck miami you know it's everywhere is better than that city in Miami. opinion
0: fuck trenton
1: right yeah I mean, trenton's probably the only one that's not better <laughs> but then on the side of this can it has a new yorker's manifesto to the virus now i have not pre-read this so i don't know what this is gonna say but i guarantee it's gonna suck so here we go So you roll into our town quiet at first, looking for the opportunity to go full blown, trying to catch us by surprise and attacking the old and the weak. All reflections of the coward, you really are. One thing you don't know is that we are a population that, when times are tough, we come together as a united front. You will make some gains in these early days, but you are dealing with a culture that will not stop in efforts to beat you back into a corner and in the submission. Enjoy that ride on your high horse while you can, because the collective New Yorker will ultimately knock you off that horse and stomp you out. Overcoming obstacles is in our DNA. In short, your future is bleak here in New York City. We all will stand together, we will stand strong together, looking out for one another, and we will see this to a successful finish. I mean, what? <laughs> Was now, like, that just like a speech from a 9 11 thing? <laughs> <You know?
0: laughs> slightly, slightly unrelated rant. The Aaron Judge sweepstakes is a microcosm of why I hate New Yorkers. <laughs> they're all pissy that he's going to go somewhere else for more money and they're like, hey, you should stay like no one cares about legacy anymore. They only care about the paychecks as if you weren't the highest fucking bankroll team for 90% of the MLB history. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. It's it's fucking ridiculous and fuck the Yankees Fuck the Mets. Oh, yeah, the Mets way to lose Jacob DeGrom to the <laughs> Rangers. <laughs>
0: you know know, we're not talking about we're not talking about the movies this podcast we're just gonna shit on new york
1: (laughs) yeah and all the dumb decisions they're at well the smart decisions their athletes have made to leave so hopefully in a couple months in like a couple weeks we'll be talking about aaron judge the san francisco giant but um anyway that's we're not happy hour sports we are happy hour films and uh We unfortunately have to talk about something worse than the Yankees in the city of New York, which is actually the movie Red Notice. (laughs) And it's from, oh, fuck it. It's from 2021, I think. Who cares? Um, The the craziest thing about this movie is the director. The director of this is this guy named Ross, Ross Rawson Marshall Thurber. And he directed Where the Miller, Where the Miller's Central Intelligence, Skyscraper, both with The Rock, the upcoming sequel to Red Notice, and the trilogy of red notice apparently apparently it's gonna be two and three see sequ- uh the third sequel is but he also directed
0: dodgeball <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm like you start you start with dodgeball you you get so i think you had two things before dodgeball but i think they were both like shorts as yeah, yeah yeah yeah
1: one of uh, the thing dodgeball, after dodgeball is also a short about dodgeball
0: But yeah, yeah, you get Dodgeball, that's your feature film debut, and then you just turn into a Rock fanboy?
1: Right. I mean, I I guess The Rock, obviously The Rock will get you paid, because his his movies do make money. Obviously, this one didn't because it went straight to Netflix. So whatever that paycheck from Netflix was, was probably enough, because this is a $200 million movie. And... At the, I believe it might still be the most expensive Netflix movie. I don't know if that the Gray Man or whatever has beaten it, but I know that was a ridiculously expensive movie as well. But this movie is it's similar to Army of Thieves in the sense that they're both heist movies. But this one, The heist part of it is absolutely there, but really what you get on screen for two hours is just Ryan Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds, Mm -hmm. The Rock being The Rock, and Gal Gadot being a terrible actress, but yet somehow still performing her best performance (laughs) that she's had in her career.
0: (laughs) And like, again, it's, it's so convoluted. By the end, you have people double crossing, double crossing, triple crossing, quadruple crossing. Um, they're back to their original alignment because they they double cro- like double double crossing equals no crossing. And, right. Um- <laughs> yeah,
1: it's and it's. I said it with when I was watching Army of Thieves. I texted Mike, but Red Notice is the same thing. It's the Rick and Morty heist episode. Is what these two movies are. And
0: I two- think Army of Thieves fits it a bit more because Army of Thieves is trying to be a deconstruction of the heist genre where and this is unironically just yeah. diving into at every thing that it makes fun of
1: <laughs> yeah you know the writer of this movie was like looking at his bros just going oh my god bro I just had another twist I'm the greatest writer of all time you know whereas Zack Snyder and whoever else wrote Army of Thieves was basically like let's make this kind of a silly fun movie. Like it'll be kind of overly dramatic when it doesn't need to be, but it'll still be fairly lighthearted and and kind of stupid, but it'll be enjoyably stupid, you know, whereas this, it's like you can tell that someone thought they were making a revolutionary movie. And then Ryan Reynolds, the rock and Gal Gal Gadot, showed up and we're like, you know what, guess, guess what? We're going to be ourselves and you (laughs) get, you get nothing else.
0: (laughs) Which I mean, sometimes that works with Ryan and the right, with in the right architecture, it works for Ryan Reynolds because he's so freaking charming and funny. Van but Wilder. I want an R rating, or I want him to be a small electric rat.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's like Van Wilder and and Deadpool are the two Ryan Reynolds performances that work the best for him. Yeah, and to a lesser extent, there's a sliding scale of Ryan Reynolds for the rest of his career, and in this he's if you dialed him back about 15 percent, he'd be a lot better and he'd be a lot more tolerable like I enjoy Ryan Reynolds for like mostly but I don't like it when he's super dialed up as Ryan Reynolds it's kind of like Andy Samberg yeah I enjoy Andy Sandberg, except when he's dialed up to 12 you know
0: it's like Andy Sandberg's great when he's uh I, like I love Hot Rod Andy Samberg.
1: Yeah, exactly. And but like even that kind of Hot Rod, it's like okay, you're being you're you're enjoyably entertaining, but if there is a like he's at that fine line of being a little too stupid and goofy. The, the
0: key, the key to Hot Rod is you also need Bill Hader and Danny McBride in there to you know distract yeah. a bit from.
1: And Ian McShane like taking it way too seriously, which is perfectly like the perfect (laughs) character for that movie. But then of course, then there's like Brooklyn 99 Andy Samberg. Like Brooklyn 99 Andy Samberg is great. Like there are a couple episodes where he gets a little Jake gets a Jake Peralta gets a little annoying, but he's ultimately fine and, and and fun to watch. Whereas like Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool is is good because He's supposed to be self-aware. He's supposed to be knowing that he's in a comic book and a movie, and he's supposed to be like the Merc with the mouth.
0: And Where, he and he's given an R rating, which lets him have right. more material.
1: Right. Whereas in this, he's basically just playing his character from Hobbs and Shaw, mm-hmm. but for the a two hour runtime, as opposed to what ten minutes of total screen time from Hobbs and Shaw. Whereas the Rock who I'm sure The Rock is a very nice man. I'm sure he's a really nice guy. He is no longer an entertaining presence on screen because all he is is The Rock. And he can't lose a fight. He can't lose at the end of the day. He can't be anything but... A guy, for some reason, sweaty in the jungle in a button-up. Like they don't need to be in. The, they don't need to go into Indiana Jones in this movie. At one point, the end of this movie is Indiana Jones. I know. <laughs> and they even, and that's the that's one of the problems with this movie. Everything is so it's it's and I it's the complaint you hear a lot. It's the Marvel humor that's seeped into everything. You got to call the joke out for what it is. You can't just let it happen. Like at one point in the the Ryan Reynolds on the Rock are in jail. When they're in jail together and they're washing dishes or cooking food or something. And they both have like hair nets on. And the rock, of course, everyone knows is a famously bald man. So for him to have a hair net on, it's a funny visual gag. Yes. It's stupid, but it's funny, but you don't need to call attention to it. It's just, it would be a lot better if you just let it happen and move on. But of course, Ryan Reynolds has to make the punchline of the scene Why are you wearing the hairnet? You're bald. And it's almost like he looks at the screen and goes, did everyone already get the joke before I made it? I wanted to make sure everyone understood the joke. And then we can move on. And it's like, okay. And then in that scene in the jungle, they, the rock is dressed like his character from Jumanji. Ryan Reynolds is literally dressed as Indiana Jones. The only thing he doesn't have is the whip. And they actually, at one point, he whistles the Indiana Jones theme song. Now, I, it's one thing to do that and make that little reference, but then the underground like bunker, the Nazi bunker, is the undisclosed location from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, it's even got the Nazi car from Indiana Jones, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. It's got a cart, a chase through caverns like the cart chase in Temple of Doom, and the car chase is also like the one in the Last Crusade where they're banging off of the, the walls in the edge of the canyons and all that it is a best of compilation of all of the, some of the better known action scenes in the Indiana Jones franchise. And they might as well look at each other and go, Hey, isn't Harrison Ford great in those movies? And isn't this a bad version of that? You know, it's
0: like you gotta be a little less obvious, you assholes. (laughs) That's so what I need from the rock more. And I need, so I'm looking back at some of his movies he was in before he was you know had to be the best at everything right the rundown that is, i i like the rock in the run not
1: bad it's a not bad movie
0: and get smart where he's the bad guy i needed get smart the rock
1: imagine that imagine <laughs> that if the rock played anything but the hero and in this it's funny because they try to make him a villain by yeah. having him be a double cross cod was a con man the whole time but yet he's still like the hero somehow at the end of the movie because he's going to team up with Ryan Reynolds and Gal Gadot because they got to go to the sequel, you know?
0: Or even so, I know he handed up a bit because it's a voice acting performance, but I need him to throw some Maui into it, right? Right. I mean,
1: <laughs> Maui is a fully f- f- like fleshed out, rounded character. You know, he's he's got a, a, a history. He's got a hero's history. He's a disgraced hero basically. He's got a,
0: he, he's got the per, like he's got a personality where like yeah, he wants to do good, but he is a dick.
1: Right, he's kind of the rock, <laughs> yeah. but like he's also not the rock at all really. He's he's he does save the day, but he doesn't do it and then be the guy that everyone loves. It's still Moana that's the hero at the end of that movie. Whereas mm-hmm. in this, you can tell that it's it's his him and Vin Diesel's Fast and the Furious contract clauses that neither of them can lose a fight and they have to spend exactly 50% of the on screen, uh, screen time. They have to share it, split it identically. Neither can lose a fight, all that shit. And they have to get one up on the other, but they neither of them can lose. And it's not exciting to watch. It's not fun to watch. It's stupid. And at some point, someone has to be a villain if your character's supposed to be an anti hero. You got to do bad shit. And to be next to Ryan Reynolds the whole time, who's just being Ryan Reynolds the whole time, Kind of a dick. He's not not really any redeeming qualities, except for the fact that everyone in this movie has daddy issues, apparently. And then if you throw all that together, you get a mediocre movie that you can watch for two hours.
0: And you're thing, gonna forget so
1: it, you're gonna hate it.
0: I'm trying to trying to think like what Ryan Reynolds I want for this.
1: Well, and- that's the thing. You need he's fine. If he's given a little more than just Ryan Reynolds yeah. shit to do, you like know? I
0: almost want a, not a great movie, but the proposal Ryan Reynolds, where he gets to be a snarky asshole to an extent, but also has like a family written in and a personality written in, and
1: right, there's there's some sort of history to him, but mm-hmm. the problem really does literally swivel onto screen at one point in this movie and it's when gal gadot turns around on a chair like a bond villain as she's pretending to be like the prison warden of this russian prison and the second she opens up her mouth it's like oh god it's gal gadot again this woman got her career by being gorgeous and no one thought to actually pay attention if she can act, <laughs> which she cannot do. And in this, and I it's still I still, I still blame
0: Fast Five on uh really getting her breakout where she just plays her only like her only things for that character are she can drive and she needs to get a guy's fingerprints, so she goes over, so he'll slap her ass.
1: Right. Her ass is the reason why that movie exists at some point, and it's it's just bad. It, she's not Wonder Woman 1984 bad, but like I said, in this, she's kind of nuts. Like she's a little crazy, which kind of works for her, but still it's, it's not a good performance. <laughs> it's really not a good <laughs> performance, but it's, it's her best, you know, which is really sad. <laughs>
0: That's. I'm trying to think what recasting I'm going to do to make this movie work better. You, so, put,
1: you, you take out Ryan Reynolds and you swap in Ryan Gosling.
0: I, I was thinking John Ham.
1: That too. You take out the rock and you put in John Hamm. <laughs> I think that'd be fun. If you put Ryan Gosling and John Hamm together, that'd be pretty interesting. Yeah. And then, and then literally anyone that's not Yaga, though. <laughs> you know. And if you need a woman to play that role, put anyone in there. <laughs> put fucking Leslie Jones in there. <laughs> She'd be hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: But yeah, that's enough on that movie. Cause like it really is. It's just like. The story doesn't matter because we have Ryan Reynolds Galgado and The Rock and And Aviation it, and it,
1: Aviation it, Gin product placements.
0: <laughs> and the like, Rock tequila.
1: <laughs> well, the best the best part was like Kara's watching it with me last night. And when we we get that shot of Ryan Reynolds pouring the gin, she she just randomly said she's like He's like, oh, I like, uh, That's is, that, is That's not even his gin, is it? And I go, oh no, it is. <laughs> that's definitely his gin. She <laughs> so she said, like that'd be funny if that was actually his gin. I'm like, yeah, it is. <laughs> that actually is his gin.
0: Yeah, The Rock pours his own tequila at one point too.
1: Yeah, exactly. And the only other thing I will mention is that Christy Montopolis is in this movie as Soto Voce, who is at one point supposed to be kind of a villain, but this accent that he's doing, <laughs> it is oh, terrifying and hilarious all at once
0: (laughs) we will talk about accents for the third movie
1: (laughs) oh god yes i forgot about that but i mean ryan reynolds does have a couple good lines in this and he
0: always will he's like he's gonna get a few good punches in because he's ryan reynolds but
1: like the one line he has it to the um to the Interpol uh, cop when she's like I'm sending you to the worst place in the world and he responds with your Instagram account <laughs> <laughs> and then like he gets his ass kicked by um uh, Gal Gadot and he falls on the ground he's like this is such a confusing erection <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh, that's a legit laugh for me right there <laughs> but and of I would course almost you know, want to
0: even if you kept Ryan Reynolds in. And like put in John him, I'd almost want Blake Lively to take over for uh, Gal Gadot just because I I want to see Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively act in a role where like Blake Lively's kicking his ass because I think that would be hilarious.
1: Yeah, and the two apparently have the two have that relationship where they like talk shit to each other yeah. and they still like love each other and it's funny. But <laughs> then um, then there's just the uh, there is that one back and forth with him, with The Rock and um. Ryan Reynolds when they come up in the middle of the of the, uh, the bullfighting arena, and he's like stay and Ryan Reynolds is like stay completely still. He's like you're thinking of Jurassic Park, and he's like no, he's like whatever. He's like I saw this documentary with David Attenborough. He's like no, you're thinking Richard Attenborough in Jurassic Park, and then all of a sudden he's like oh my god, yes, I was thinking <laughs> Jurassic Park, holy shit! But and then the one of the funny one of the things is it's like Indiana Jones can get away with it because it's set in the right time period. But this is essentially, as far as we know, set in 2021 and they go into that bunker. And the reason that that car chase happens is because an 80 year old car has been sitting in a bunker yes. for 80 years untouched, can somehow still move like and actually start if
0: gas goes bad <laughs> in about three months. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah, it's it's not going to move unless someone has been down there actively maintaining this shit. No, <laughs> it's not going anywhere. But and then of course there's Ed Sheeran. Where, why the fuck was Ed Sheeran there? Ed Sheeran shows up as a cameo for some reason.
0: <laughs> I mean, he did in Game of Thrones too.
1: Well, that's what he yells. He's like, oh, "I was in Game of Thrones." It's <laughs> like, all right, Ed, I get it. <laughs> You're gonna pass. You're okay.
0: <laughs> I like Ed Sheeran. He, he seems like a good dude.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't like his music. I hate his music. But it's like that. That seemed like fun, pretty funny. <laughs> but um. <laughs> But yeah, that's I mean that's red notice. It's if you have 2 hours to kill cuz it is under 2 hours by like 4 minutes.
0: If you if you're a Fast and the Furious fan and want a heist movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> first watch Fast 5. Then right. Red right. Red yeah,
1: and then watch this and uh it's I mean it needed it needed like an Idris Elba on Black Superman kind of line like it needed Yeah, yeah, intro, it needed but,
0: that like really good villain to
1: you just needed a villain in this yeah. movie. There is no villain in this movie. But, um,
0: all Andrew right. Cole so Mike, is the villain.
1: yeah, right. Yeah. The the actual police are the villain. Yeah. But, um, all right, Mike. So how's your beer? Uh, how's your beer?
0: Doing good. Uh, just about finished my first one. Uh, it's a pretty easy drink. Again, not doing anything super crazy, but, um, the hints of honey make it pretty good. Good ale.
1: Nice. Yeah. And my fuck the virus is i forgot to say it's a coconut new england style ipa and it's um from and tunnel brewery it's six percent and it's good it's it's actually a good beer um i don't i don't know if i i don't know if i like the oh and also it was a seven dollar beer thank you one of these that total one is seven fucking dollars but um it's kind of like that joke and uh for a 40 year old virgin it's like wow everybody's here tonight yeah it's nine dollar beer (laughs) night but um i'm not sure i i like the uh the cribbing of the uh, 9-11 motivational speech to go against COVID, but whatever you got to do in New York to make yourself feel happy. Um, anyway, but yeah, no. Nope. all makes a good beer, apparently. But um, now on Army of Thieves, which is same year, directed by him, the man himself, Zack Snyder. And uh, this is a prequel to Army of the Dead, which was his uh, zombie movie that was on... Uh, Netflix uh, looked like most of it was shot with an iPhone <laughs> um, in like portrait mode. Mm-hmm. But um, that movie, I don't remember anything about that movie. I remember that at some point it starts with like a heist, which is the, in this movie, the general idea is that Dieter from army of the dead, the, the German guy is recruited to be a safe cracker for this like team of thieves. And he has. To, he's the expert on these four um, safes, like ancient safes made by the, like the, the most sophisticated safe maker in the world who at one point when he was done making all his safes, locked himself in the last one and they couldn't open it, so they throw it in the ocean and blah, blah, blah. That's the safe that ends up in Army of the Dead in Las Vegas, which if I remember correctly, they open up and there is no dead men inside. <laughs> so... I'm pretty sure something's off here about your continuity, Zach, but then again, it's Zack Snyder. I don't think he thought that far ahead. All right,
0: I actually kind of enjoyed this movie. I didn't love it, but there are things I liked about it.
1: I was very fine with it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but... Apparently, Zack Snyder is trying to set up this whole Snyderverse type of thing. And there's like a time loop going on with these zombies and maybe aliens are involved. We're not. It might not be on Earth. There might be robot zombies. What the fuck is happening here, Zack?
1: <laughs> yeah, there was a I don't there's a thing. I don't remember anything about Army of the Dead other than the fact that there was like a king and queen zombie.
0: Yeah, there's and, the the wife zombie and the Zeus, the zo- right? And they were the, the bride alpha and the Zeus alpha.
1: Yeah, and they were like kind of intelligent. Yeah, if I remember correctly, like they yeah, weren't you just to, like, make zombies. a
0: Sacrifice to them for them to give you safe passage.
1: Right. Yeah. 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 And then
0: and they Dave, figured out how to reproduce. And
1: yeah, that's it. And They actually could reproduce. And like Dave Batista and a girl, like his daughter. Yeah. I think he's trying to be, like, a better dad or something. I don't remember. That's I don't remember else, any I, of the movie. I would
0: almost rather Dave Batista be in Red Notice than The Rock. Because I right. feel like Dave Batista will ham it up to make it pretty entertaining.
1: Yeah, the dude of, of the wrestlers turned actors, that dude's got, like, range.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> but... It's not it's not an incredible range, but it's there, you know, and he's willing to be more than just Dave Bautista, the wrestler, as opposed to Dwayne Johnson, who is trying to make Dwayne Johnson the actor happen when all he is doing is playing the rock characters, you know. Even Black Adam, which I refuse to ever say, is just The Rock, but kind of mad. (laughs) I
0: I think my thing with that is like he's like, I'm no hero. Apparently he says that like 30 times in the movie. I'm not a hero. And I'm I'm sure he's a
1: hero in that movie at some point. Yeah. But it's because it's not like, like The Rock is not like Denzel. Like Denzel has only ever played heroes, but when he played two villains... Training day, he was a full-on villain. Full-on villain, no nothing redeemable about that guy, and died at the end of the movie. Then there was American Gangster, where he played a legitimate real-life villain, Mm -hmm. but that was one of those movies where they kind of, like, tried to humanize him and give him, like, reason behind his villainy, essentially, and it's like, I'm sure there's two sides to every story. Like, maybe that guy was, like, a Breaking Bad type, doing crime for good reasons, but whatever. But Denzel at least allowed himself to be a full-on villain and die in Training Day. And the he got
0: an Oscar for it.
1: <laughs> right. The Rock will never allow that to happen, even if it's in the dumbest movie you can think of that nobody will ever say He just won't allow it because his ego is too fucking big. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing. Like It's it's weird because it's kind of like the opposite with Zack Snyder. <laughs> Zack Snyder, you can tell, has this weird like, macho-ness to him. But at the same time, his ego is not that big he like he has his flares but he's willing to make his stories like stupid you know yeah he's not going for like oscar
0: material here (laughs) no and (laughs) what i so i can't help when i watch these movies i can't help but think of them going this a similar route to like um cloverfield somehow because like, if we're bringing time loops into it and maybe aliens and cyborgs like i actually didn't mind either of these movies i didn't love either of them but it's a this one to i spend like your time
1: i like this one better because i am usually a, a, a sucker for a heist movie like a really well like a well-done heist movie i'm 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 a sucker 11
0: is one of my favorite movies
1: yeah, they're great. Like the like again, Ocean's twelve, not great, but the, the heisting, thirteen is
0: fun. <laughs> yeah, but like the high My particular part of favorite it. thing about Oceans thirteen is the side plot of the Mexican uh the Mexican factory going on strike because they want thirty-six thousand more dollars among all the workers.
1: I believe it's thirty six hundred, actually. <laughs> I don't even think it's thirty-six thousand. I think it's like thirty six hundred bucks. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's And that's the thing, like the heist part of those movies is usually fun. But then again, the Oceans movies were the ones that kind of set the formula. And yeah. this movie really does follow that formula. And it's what that Rick and Morty um, heist episode really does make fun of. And it takes it to the nth degree, which this movie doesn't do as much as Red Notice attempts to do. But this movie definitely does the getting the team together and these. This is who's on the team. The son of a you, son of a bitch. I am in situation.
0: But I also feel like that this movie is embracing the deconstruction or spoof of it. Like it right. knows it knows what it's doing is like a big cliche, and it's doing it in a kind of hammy way and playing it up.
1: Yeah, and I mean, case in point no pun intended there is a safe crack underground safe cracking tournament in this yeah.
0: movie that has
1: a trophy <laughs> there is a trophy for this thing but it like that right there like doesn't it doesn't take itself seriously and it's you can almost see it's like yeah this is a part of this little world that happens and like david fincher has his fight club we have our safe club you know it's like we have our, <laughs> our underground safe cracking where we where we have for some reason we have these gigantic like bank vault safes that you can get into <laughs> but it's just it's really it's really like stupid but at the same time you're like all right just let's, i'm willing to see where this goes let's keep going with this but then you get lines where you have a Natalie Emmanuel, who you'll probably know most people will know from Game of Thrones. She's um can't remember her character's name, but she's Missandei. Da- Miss Indy, yeah. She's dead, Daenerys is like right hand girl, like her little handmaiden or whatever. She's also in the fast franchise as like a hacker. Like she's like a super hacker now, in that. And in this, she's essentially like a super thief. You know, that's what she is. I I I I understand why Hollywood wants to try to make her a star, you know, because she's an attractive, she's an attractive young black woman who they can throw out there and be like, look, we're diverse. But at the same time, it's like, it's like the the thing that we, the problem that we have, diversity is good, but quality is good as well. <laughs> you know, Which she's that not is, that great of an actress.
0: <laughs> so I did really like her in Misfits. Um,
1: Never even heard of that.
0: Uh it's a really it's a uh British show about uh it's almost got umbrella academy type of stuff where it's like kids yeah. in prison get uh superpowers and sure, like, sure. And she's a side character in that, but like some of the names you'll see in there that um you'll probably recognize are like uh Elon Rion, uh Ramsey Bolton. Oh,
1: okay, okay.
0: Uh even Klaus from the uh from uh Uh, The Umbrella Academy is one of the main people in Misfits.
1: Which one's that?
0: No, he's the one that can see dead people and talk to dead people.
1: I've only ever seen like the thumbnails on Netflix for it. I've never actually seen the show. He's
0: the one that everyone loves. He has like the goatee, longish hair.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen that guy. Okay. And
0: And he he is the best part of... I've only watched the first two seasons, but he is the best part of uh, Umbrella Academy.
1: Isn't there like a monkey in that, too, or something?
0: Yeah. Yeah. A chimp. A okay.
1: Okay. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. And you
0: know, it's a comic written by the lead singer of uh My Chemical
1: Romance. So yeah, yeah. Gerard Way. Got you. Got you. Got you. That says a lot. We're good. <laughs> I think I know what I'm getting into. <laughs> but um, but then I mean, like Natalie Emanuel is all well and good. She's attractive. She's good to look at, and she's she's a pleasant presence on screen. It's just most of the time I'm like, I don't I don't believe you as an actress. I just yeah don't.
0: she. <laughs> so she a lot of times outside of game of thrones which i mean she was like she's kind of a main character in game of thrones those last
1: couple seasons yeah yeah
0: where she really seems to play herself but her own personality is not strong enough to ever make her memorable
1: right and it's that's almost i'd rather almost have that then have the opposite with Gal Gadot where you're like you're gorgeous but you suck as an actress like you are flat out bad
0: (laughs) wait I don't think she would ever really like I'm not sure uh, she would ruin a movie but she's not bringing much to a movie she's
1: not elevating it I know that much and when you have a cast full of basically nobody's you have a cast full of nobodies. like you have people that are recognizable from game of thrones and army of the dead the, the other movie of this but then you have the chick that plays karina who does not like if you're looking at netflix for this movie it will say army of thieves and there will be a picture of a blonde girl in like a russian like looking like a russian chick she has her boobs basically hanging out of her shirt that is a disguise from this character karina who it's kind of telling that that's the thumbnail they use on netflix to get you to watch this movie because that's kind of her role in this gang she's just the hacker with tits you know and then there's discount hugh jackman who is brad cage apparently or what was his name like francis something or other like his real name isn't even brad like he wanted he wanted to change his name to be like a movie star Yeah, but his role is basically just to be the dick who double crosses them, you know, (laughs) and
0: now I do like our main actor and like he is good enough for me to be invested in him.
1: Who Dieter or Sebastian in this?
0: Yeah, Dieter because
1: Dieter is like the name he's given while he's in hiding essentially like going a name army of the dead. But yeah, I mean he's good. He's fun. He's a good act, he's a fun actor to watch. A nervous guy is what they call him a few times. But he's very he is good. He is good. I I enjoy watching that guy. He gets a lot of I feel like if he weren't I don't even I don't even know if that actor is like actually German. Like I don't know if he's British. Right, his
0: last name is Schweihofer.
1: Schweikofer or whatever. Yeah, I'm I'm sure he's probably actually German. But <laughs> If he weren't actually whatever, he's German, yes. If he weren't actually German, his style of acting would be Ben Stiller meets Hugh Grant. And that is not a combination that I like because I enjoy Ben Stiller in Tropic Thunder. I do not enjoy Ben Stiller when he is basically just the cringiest comedian you can ever think of, i.e. meet the parents. When he is trying to like, improv his way out of situations and try to like it, it's cringe and I fucking hate it but then there's like Hugh Grant who in his rom-com phase is basically what this guy would be he's like the, he's like the, oh, 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 tell me sorry tell, me, tell me, sorry like he's, he's like Mike says charmingly British or whatever yeah. you know <laughs> and and then like in um was The Gentleman like that's a different version of Hugh Grant like I like that kind of Hugh Grant where he's actually acting and I feel like that's what this dude would fall into. This dude would fall into that category if you, if you let him, but it feels like he's like an actual actor. So this is just a character, which is, which works perfectly for him, you know, because if this becomes who you are, I don't see Matthias Schweighofer becoming a household name, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but then, of course, there's the last guy in the crew we didn't mention is the Indian guy. And that dude is just supposed to be like the crazy one, Rolf but he's not really allowed to be crazy. Yeah, Rolf. He's not allowed to be crazy, which is kind of weird because you would think with all these stereotypes and like um cliches of the heist movie in this that Zach Snyder would be like, Look, dude, you're the nutbag. You're the one that's supposed which, to be completely unhitched.
0: Anytime I watch a movie with a character named Rolf, I cannot get past the name, mostly because of for people Muppets. who what the Muppets No actually because of ed ed and eddie (laughs) okay (laughs) that there's a character on ed ed and eddie named rolf for anyone who's around my age maybe a bit older than me i think i was probably towards the younger side of the ed ed and eddie age range um rolf is the farm boy in the uh in the show and he is the son of the shepherd and he always in a very weird voice yells you dare disrespect the son of a shepherd
1: okay So <laughs> that was he's... Rolf the muppet <laughs> right. there's a muppet there's a character in the muppets called ralph as well he's a dog
0: <laughs> but also the funniest thing about Rolf from ed ed and eddie is his voice actor is the same voice actor as goku from dragon ball z and it's hilarious right.
1: yeah, there you go but um But the the thing I remember this guy from is there is also that movie um, on Netflix. It was called The Bubble, and it's uh, a Judd Apatow movie where all these actors are thrown – it's like a COVID movie, basically. All these actors are thrown into what we remember as The Bubble where everyone was staying in one spot for 12 days or whatever so they could all be COVID-free together, and then they could do whatever they did. I know that's how the NBA operated for that season, Um, and then that's how a lot of like movie productions did it. But this one's supposed to be like, oh – Throw all these personalities together. It's like real the real world if it were a movie set. But I mean the movie sucks, but it's I remember him being fine in it, you know. And from what I remember, he's basically playing this character as well. And it's like, okay, if this is if this is how you break into Hollywood, I mean, I guess everyone's gotta start somewhere, but it's not not that incredibly compelling to watch, you know. And uh but the thing with this actual movie is that the comedy is, like, perfectly Zack Snyder. Like, it's yeah. a cringy, half-assed attempt at witty, but it ultimately just falls flat and is stupid, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, and then the the idea that they're trying to make a cinematic universe out of it. Like, I like the idea of a cinematic universe based off of characters with no prior, uh, like, prior... Sh- showings like comic books or stuff like that but i don't think it'll work ever
1: i think because of the way marvel has gone marvel movies are no longer entertaining to me i mean i am not watching black panther wakanda forever until it hits disney plus now that's that's me I am no longer a theater Marvel guy. It's just not happening. I've been so goddamn disappointed by the last movies that I just yes. will not waste my time.
0: That's I. The last Marvel movie I saw in theater was Multiverse of Madness, and that's mostly because it was Sam Raimi.
1: Yeah, and ultimately it was not Sam Raimi. He got about five minutes of the movie, and then the rest was a Marvel movie. And even like Thor: Love and Thunder was such a fucking disappointment. Yeah, so disappointing. And I
0: mean, uh, like Spider-Man: No Way Home, hit all the nostalgia points it had to hit, and it was a fine movie. But if not for the nostalgia, I would have been disappointed by it.
1: They could have, they should have gotten weirder with it. Like they yeah. should have done like a multiverse, like the into the multiverse kind of into the Spider Verse kind of thing. And then, of course, there's Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness. And all we get is a little 30-second montage of some different universes. And then we're done. We're back to doing the same two universes. And Thor, Love, and Thunder, just a fucking waste of time. And if not for Christian Bale's performance, it's a complete waste of time. And then, like, with with Wakanda Forever, I'm like, I know that they have to pay tribute to Chadwick Boseman, which, great. Yes, we should definitely do. He was an awesome actor, and he's the heart of the franchise. But the rest of the movie is gonna have to be a Marvel movie, and I know you're gonna fuck it up because you're gonna do the thing that everyone's already guessed you're gonna do, and you're not gonna do it well. And you have killed off your other charismatic lead in that first movie, so no more Michael B. Jordan. Guess what? He can show up as a dead person, I guess, but he ain't gonna come back.
0: That's again, like, and Shuri's probably gonna be the Black Panther. Probably. I mean, and then of course the clear, the clear choice to actually like if you're actually going to move on the black panther um you gotta go with uh what's his name oh god why can't i think yeah
1: yeah either him or lupita nyong'o's character you know it's i would much rather see because both of those actors are actually compelling charismatic Nakia,
0: nakia would work well as the black panther
1: yeah but like they're compelling an actual actor Shori letitia Wright, or whatever fuck her name is she's not an actress she's a funny comic side side comic relief and i don't care what else what else i could give a shit about her as a main actor
0: but <laughs> then so wait, I- have you seen the commercials with winston duke where he's uh doing the uh like he's talking to his agent but he just keeps talking about what he's gaming on <laughs> he's oh, no, about no. video games That's well, like still funny. but
1: like it's like that kind of deal. Like he would have fun with it, but then of course you know they got to work in Riri Williams, who is Iron Man. You always have to have an Iron Man, which I'm sick of. I don't need that shit anymore. We had Robert Downey Jr. He's gone. Let's move on. And of course Nimor and everybody else in uh, Atlantis is. is the, the movie is essentially reverse Black Panther because there is a secret underground technologically advanced uh, society that now wants to like now actually wants to take over the, the overworld as opposed to say secret from it and. I don't need it. It's bullshit. I know what's going to happen in the movie, and I before it even happens, I know what's going to happen, and so I'm done with it. Cinematic universes, in that case, have been ruined. So, and
0: I was so my kind of confliction on there is I do like Ryan Coogler as a writer and director. yeah.
1: Yeah, it's just to work within the Marvel playground now in the Marvel sandbox, you have to play by their rules, and that kills any kind of creativity ever. Look at the Edgar Wright Ant Man situation. Yeah, and. Look at Sam Raimi and Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Look at Taika Waititi in Thor: Love and Thunder. He was great with Ragnarok, and then he got burned out and didn't care about Love and Thunder, and just made it, it like, let's put my family and friends in this movie, and then we're done. And so then to see recently, see like the Guardians of the Galaxy Three trailer, it's like, oh, okay, I guess James Gunn's allowed to actually do James Gunn things. So maybe that one might still work. But I am so turned off now by the MCU that every other cinematic universe attempt. I'm like, look, can't we just make a standalone movie anymore? So it's one thing for Zack Snyder to want to do like a trilogy with this. Yeah. It's fine, because if you set up a thing as a trilogy, that's fine. It's a self-contained trilogy. And Netflix is not making him branch off into TV shows and all these other dumb little things that Marvel's making, that Disney's making Marvel do. And so you, you get your little flares and your little touches on, because this is a prequel. And at one point in this movie, Karina tells um, Sebastian, because Sebastian's having these nightmares about dealing with zombies and all that shit because he's been seeing the news and everything. And really what those flashbacks are are him and Army of the Dead. And she says, maybe they're prophecies. Maybe you saw your own death. And it's like, Okay, we're kind of introducing a weird little. This is prequel foreshadowing, is what it is, and it's kind of like um, it's the opposite of Fight Club. Uh, nice. It's yeah. like ah, oh, flashback humor. Nice, you know that. But it's like I get it. But that's you're allowed to do that in the self contained trilogy, you know.
0: Now I also don't hate the idea of um, they're talking about doing like an anime style show for uh, to uh, kind of show how the zombies started and stuff i don't hate that idea because i think netflix has executed decently on the like um i know you were in a fan but arcane was a hit give me yeah. something like that um I,
1: I acknowledge that it was a hit yeah
0: um or uh what's it uh god the, sh- the other show they made based off of a video game um I don't, cyberpunk I don't. cyberpunk
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Does that have Keanu in
0: it? Um, I haven't watched the show. I know the game that like uh, Keanu. That's his game. Like
1: that's his game, right? Like isn't yeah. he like won the main character.
0: Well, it's Cyberpunk Edge Runner.
1: Oh, and speaking of Keanu, in this movie, you are not allowed to do a bank robber heist movie where the bank robber wears um, the mask of an ex president. <laughs> After Point Break, you're not allowed to do it. I'm sorry, they did it no longer available <laughs> you must think of <laughs> another thing to wear for your uh, your bank robber to wear
0: <laughs> now it would be kind of funny if they did like uh x uh queen like they wear the queen of england or something like that right, would be funny. Right.
1: yeah if it was like that and but no it's a nixon mask nixon was i believe roach in point break i think he was nixon but yeah, no, you're not allowed. I don't care if it's an homage. You're not allowed to do it, Zach. <laughs> you can, you, if you're doing like a multiverse situation, you can have them show up in the background behind, in the bank across the street. <laughs> you can have them running into that bank if you're going to do yours. But
0: right, Have them reference the ex-presidents as like a top tier bank robber. Right,
1: exactly. You yeah, like there's dudes in LA or something like that. Like you can mention that, but I think that would be a little bit too... Uh, much thought put into the, into the script <laughs> in this movie to get to that level of humor, but
0: Let's have have them wear like a Winston Churchill, Margaret Thatcher, uh... right, right,
1: yeah, fucking uh, the Queen, um, <laughs> Prince Charles, you know, sorry, King Charles now, <laughs> but
0: <laughs> one of them going as Princess Diana,
1: <laughs> right, right, yeah, it's like that would be funny, but. Then it's, but like, just from a storytelling perspective, this movie is nothing but cliches. It's it's nothing but cliches. You know where it's going to end up, especially knowing that it's a prequel. Like, you know where it's going. You know Dave Bautista and whoever the girl is, is going to show up at the end to try to get him recruited for the next movie. And I don't know, it's. It's entertaining enough, and I watched it because I was traveling for work, and I watched it in the hotel, and it, it was fine. I was like, this is just fine enough for me to sit here and kill two hours before I go to bed. But it's 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 a very dumb movie, but a mildly entertaining dumb, you know? And it's weird because you don't, even though it is a prequel, and if you've seen Army of the Dead, There isn't to Zach's credit. There isn't a lot of, Hey, this is going to do this later. You know, there isn't a lot of explanation of what happened in army of the dead. There really is. It kind of is a standalone movie that just has the zombie apocalypse happening in the background, you know? It's kind of like um it's kind of like the beginning of Shaun of the Dead, really. You know, where Shaun's like flipping through the TV and all that, and he just gets like the newscast about the zombies. He sees like one of the zombies out in the street while he's at work. Like it's it's all in the background, you yeah. know, and he doesn't really acknowledge it until it becomes too much to acknowledge, which is essentially the next movie in the series. But it's not bad. It's not a. Ter- it's a little long. It's two hours and seven minutes. It feels longer, but it's. It's it's at least a restrained Zack Snyder movie. Like it very well could have been three hours, I'm sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. But overall, good enough. Like enough thought was put into it. If you put if you put even a little bit more thought, I think you could have had like a good heist like breakdown type movie. Yeah. Yeah. But absolutely. It's a good enough movie. Like if you're just it's fine. Cool. If you're bored and you think you're thinking about watching it, and you like heist movies, I'd say go for it. Yeah,
1: might as well. All right, all right. So, Mike, how is uh, how's your beer
0: Just about done my second one, and uh, solid solid effort from Departed Souls. I think this is my first beer I've had from them. I do like their logo and stuff, but uh, yeah, uh, uh, Southward Blonde Ale with honey. Um, nothing too crazy about it, but it is a solid ale nice
1: yeah and my uh my fuck the virus from bridge and tunnel via brewery was pretty good now i have moved on to yards brewing company which is across the bridge in philly and it's long john's winter lager it's a six percent and uh it's anybody not familiar with the term john j-a-w-n it's a it's a philly term essentially just to describe you can, you can kind of put the word thing in in its place and um It'll, it it kind of covers pretty much. It's a catch all word basically, and uh, but in this case, it's supposed to be like Long Johns. It's uh, Long Johns. It's got this like dude with like some long underwear on the bottle, uh, the bottle label, and all that. But it's a winter lager, which means it's a darker lager, and it's not a stout, but it's got the look and taste of it. But um, it's not terrible. It's not my favorite, but it's not terrible. Yards is usually pretty good though, so I still I still endorse the brewery. Now, on to the main event, Beyond the Law, from 2019, uh, directed by James Cullen Bressick, which he has directed a lot of streaming garbage. <laughs> um, this movie is a Steven Seagal movie. and This
0: movie should be exactly what you expect from a Steven Seagal and DMX and Bill Cobb's led movie.
1: Yep. Yep. yup. It is, the best part is Bill Cobbs, our man from Demolition Man. Uh, it's it's so fun to see him in there because he's such a good character actor. He's so good.
0: He, he looks so much like he's like, I don't want to be here. Why am I here? What what of my life choices brought me to this moment where I'm right. starring along DMX and Steven Seagal in 2019
1: right exactly but um this this movie is uh it's it's not great but it is the good kind of bad it's yeah. it's not so bad it's incredible but it's a good kind of bad yeah, and that's
0: our, when we were doing uh, our like we're doing our uh, negative ten to positive ten. This is falling right around a negative six or seven.
1: Yeah, it's 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 got some wild shit going in it. And um, uh, all right, Mike, real quick, Steven Seagal movie or airport novel? Predator one.
0: Steven Seagal movie?
1: No, it's a novel. <laughs> it's it. a novel by Jonathan. <laughs> that is Murray. an
0: impossible game.
1: It's a novel by the, uh, an author I actually enjoy, uh, John Mayberry. It's uh, it's from the Joe Ledger series. <laughs>
0: that is an impossible game. It is. It really
1: is. <laughs> because even this movie is called Beyond the Law. One of Steven Seagal's most famous movies of all time is called Above the Law. And these two have nothing to do with each other. <laughs> there is absolutely zero connective tissue other than the fact that Steven Seagal is acting in it. <laughs> Which is insane to me. <laughs> Because 2019, looking
0: at at the uh, the writer who did this, there was a writer for this, (laughs) so was he writing from the cliche writer's handbook? (laughs) So, his most so his most recent movie is Section (laughs) Eight.
1: Of course. Nothing to do with, I'm sure, patient, uh, what is it, Section Nine, which was that yeah. horror movie?
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, Mickey Rourke stars in his Oh
1: dear God, eight.
0: dear god.
1: That's no good. That's no good.
0: i oh got he has a movie called Hollow Point.
1: Sure, of course, of course he does. No what- which I'm, I'm assuming stars. Is that one of the ones that Bruce Willis did where he was like Taking it for like two minutes of screen time and then taking his like million dollar payout.
0: (laughs) Uh Luke Goss is the mate, is the lead actor.
1: I know that name. I've seen that guy in things. I almost guarantee it.
0: Uh Hellboy Two.
1: Is he one of the is he one of the twins?
0: He's Prince Noada.
1: Yeah, that's one of like that's like one of the, the pale elves or whatever the fuck they are. Yeah um yeah yeah that that sounds about right
0: <laughs> now for reference so i'm just going through section 8 on imdb 4.1
1: sounds right sounds a bit high but sounds right <laughs> uh,
0: so in 2021 he wrote a movie called miss wallaby and the haunted bookshop
1: of course he did <laughs> you know <laughs> everyone's heard of that 5.3 no. <laughs> that's, I'll, uh, I'll
0: be honest, I was going to scroll right past that one, but then I read the photo, I'm like, oh, Haunted Bookshop Haunted say.
1: Bookshop, nice
0: Then Book's you have Beyond the Wall which is a uh, 3.9
1: Yes, that's exactly right
0: <laughs> Hollow Point is a 4.2
1: Yep, 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 yep
0: uh, Black Water is a 4.7 and actually has a Metacritic score
1: Is it Black? Space water or is it one word black water?
0: Black space water.
1: Okay. Is it it's some John, sort of
0: it's a Jean-Claude Van Dam movie?
1: I, I was gonna say, is it a Van Damme movie or is it like um like a Scott Atkins movie kind of thing?
0: It's Jean-Claude Van Damme and Dolph Lundgren.
1: Of course it is, <laughs> and it's not Universal Soldier.
0: <laughs> um let's see. Then you get the shadow effect.
1: Oh, airport novel or cigar movie.
0: (laughs) 4.2.
1: This guy Uh, writes like exclusively movies that could fit into the Steven cigar game.
0: (laughs) Beyond Valkyrie, Dawn of the Fourth Reich.
1: Is that a sequel to the Tom Cruise movie Valkyrie?
0: <laughs> it may, yeah. I mean, it does have Valkyrie as its movie. Most- mean, it's
1: called Beyond Valkyrie, you know, and it's all somehow the got right.
0: Stephen Lang for it.
1: Oh, jeez. Well, that I mean, as much as I enjoy Stephen Lang, that dude will do anything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. Then we have Daylight's End.
1: Is that a sequel to the Stevenson <laughs> do stuff? So much just the, the, the lone movie Daylight. <laughs> Are these um, all sneaky sequels to no. other movies.
0: <laughs> no, Daylight's end. Of, judging off of movies, it's comparable to. I would guess a zombie movie.
1: Oh, okay. Yep. So, it's...
0: yep, zombie-ish movie. <laughs> but five point four. I think that was the highest rated one so far. Yep. We got Jarhead three. The Siege.
1: Is that is that a John Cena movie?
0: Uh no. Because what's oh no,
1: his series was like the marine or something like that, wasn't it? It wasn't Jarhead. This is
0: a this is a Scott Atkins movie. Oh Scott
1: Atkins, there he is. (laughs) There is my man.
0: (laughs) Um it also has Romeo Miller, aka Lil Romeo.
1: Oh Jesus. Now we're scraping the barrel.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We have isolation.
1: Of course, of course.
0: Four point six. Also has Stephen Lang. Lang, why are we working with this guy? I guy
1: told you, the to dude will do anything.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's not all avatars. <laughs> it's not all avatars and don't breeds.
0: <laughs> we have close range, which is five. Oh, that sounds Scott like a small movie. It's another Scott movie. So this, do, yeah, this writer has some actors that are at least decently well known that are like. Like, yeah, sure, we'll come back.
1: Let's be serious. Scott Atkins, I (laughs) do. He's only known by people who know action movies.
0: (laughs) Then you have Drive Hard, 4.4, and a 29 on Metacritic. This is a John Cusack movie.
1: Okay, sure, sure.
0: Uh, Then we have Flying Monkeys.
1: Flying Monkeys.
0: Yeah, let's I'm reading the description on this one. I have to. Teenager yeah. Joan gets more than she bargained for when her workaholic dad buys her a cute pet monkey who grows wings, fangs, and insatiable thirst for her blood come nightfall.
1: It kinda <laughs> sounds like an awesome movie. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of feel like we should watch that in monkey shines again. <laughs> I kinda wanna
0: watch that. <laughs> I kinda
1: definitely want to see that.
0: <laughs> no one no one that well known in <laughs> that
1: yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. And
0: it's a, it's
1: a 3.6. Yeah, it sounds about right.
0: All right. Yeah, that, that was the most interesting one on the list. Then we have a couple more generic action movie titles.
1: Yeah, I and mean. He, get-
0: he gets John claude Van Damme again for six bullets.
1: Again, I'm pretty sure that's not hard to do nowadays.
0: One in the chamber. Um, He gets Cuba Gooding Jr. and Dolph Lundgren for that one.
1: Yep, doesn't surprise me. Definitely doesn't surprise me.
0: Uh, the hit list, Cuban Gooding Jr. again.
1: Well, wow, he's he's trying to make the comeback.
0: Uh, and Hero Wanted, Cuba Gooding Jr., and Ray Liotta and Norman Reedus.
1: Oh my god, what is that from?
0: <laughs> that's 2008.
1: 2008, that's like the height of that's kind of like that's up and coming Norman Reedus that's leveled off Cuba Gooding Jr. But Ray Liotta hadn't fully gone to, like, garbage yet. (laughs) So that's, like, that's a weird one.
0: Yeah, that's uh, a man seeks revenge after he and a bank teller are shot during a robbery.
1: (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Wait, is he the robber? Or was he present for the robbery? (laughs) Is he collateral damage or was he a robber?
0: (laughs) So... It appears that uh so Ray is the detective, of course. I'm guessing a scumbag of detective.
1: <laughs> of course, always he would have to be.
0: Human Gooding Jr. is your main character. And then you have Tommy Flanagan and Norman Reedus as the next two highest build.
1: Jesus Christ. Why? I mean, this guy this guy's got a hell of a resume, but the movie we actually need to talk about is beyond the law.
0: <laughs> so a- I had to deep dive into it, especially <laughs> Flying Monkey.
1: It's been 10 minutes on this guy's uh, other career, but speaking of some bad cops, we have Johnny Messner, who is everyone I'm sure knows as the star of Anaconda's Hunt for the Blood Orchid, (laughs) which I believe is Anaconda's (laughs) 3. Anaconda 3. Of course, we mentioned Bo Cobbs. Then we have Zach Ward, who everyone probably remembers as his child star, uh, child acting star role of Scott Scott Farkas on Crest's Story. He's also a pro- fairly prolific writer in Hollywood. He's written a lot yeah. of shit in Hollywood, yeah. And a
0: writer and producer.
1: Yep. he's he's a fair he's weirdly enough, other than Segal, he's like the name here <laughs> because in Hollywood, I'm sure he did this movie for pennies, but he's not exactly a, a chump in Hollywood. Like he's a behind the like a, kind of like a behind the screen like the camera player now. Of course, we get the late Earl Simmons. A.K.A. Darkman X, A.K.A. DMX, um, who I loved in the opening credits, had like the biggest name. His name was in like the biggest font, <laughs> which I thought was actually really funny <laughs> because, yeah. you know, DMX did that on purpose. <laughs> and then, of course, of course, there is the man himself, Steven Seagal, who is only standing for, I think, forty-five seconds of his screen time.
0: <laughs> and he also does, I think, three or four different accents.
1: Yes, it's like it's a Southern accent. I I, I nailed down a Southern and like a half-ass New York accent. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I think you also get a bit of like he's going for a mobster accent, right?
1: There's kind of like a like a like a um like a uh, like a goomba kind of thing going. But
0: you get so you get like you get the New Yorker and you get the Southern accent and you get each one has about two to three variations on it.
1: Yeah, yeah, they 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 float in and out, but um, there is
0: <laughs>
1: there there is one part in this movie which I needed to see more of. And it's because DMX, I God, the man was a treasure. The man yells at Scott Ward, at Zach Ward. He says, looks like your problems keep multiplying like gizmo. (laughs) Zach Ward replies with, Gizmo and DMX replies with Gremlins, it's a fucking movie, watch it. (laughs) I was like, I need to see more of angry DMX demanding someone watch the movie Gremlins.
0: (laughs) That's what this movie needed was more just DMX being angry and yelling at people. Being DMX, you know,
1: (laughs) he needed to be more DMX as opposed to the corrupt cop that he plays. He just needed to be DMX, which it's funny because DMX, the man had his troubles, and one of which, with the law, was repeatedly getting arrested for impersonating a police officer. Which to me makes this role even funnier because he's a corrupt
0: cop. In it. Yes. That's. I. So, there. I love that. The uh conversation Zach Ward and Steven Seagal have when they're in the bar.
1: Oh my god! I mean, are the are the, that that was one of the legitimately confusing parts of this movie? Like the legit question I had was he actually his son? Was that actually so. Seagal's son, or is it just like a quote unquote "you're I'm you're my son" situation?
0: No, I believe he was actually his son.
1: Yeah, I mean, I. I had no idea. Like, I couldn't figure out. Because the way that Seagal delivers these lines, he's, like, wheezing, for one. He's oh, always wheezing out the, all his the lines. The like, line his last delivery
0: crack. for <laughs> – there's a line that it's, like, 2019. You can't say that anymore. And his delivery is just chef's kiss. <laughs>
1: Which like, one was that?
0: He's, like – you you act like a retarded child.
1: Oh right 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 right. Yeah, I was when I heard that I was like I I mean kind of flinched. So I was like oh really really that's what we're doing.
0: But his delivery on that line, I'm like oh well you can't say that anymore. Right. Also the delivery was fucking hilarious.
1: Yeah, it's like it's almost like you can say it if you say it like that. <laughs> you know it's it's like it's like you couldn't. It's like almost like you couldn't be insulted by it; you were offended by it simply by the way that he says it, you know. But then, (laughs) then there's my my other favorite lineery aside from and they both come from DMX. Aside from DMX yelling about the movie Gremlins, there is the other line where he gets shot, (laughs) and he actually yells, "You shot me!" (laughs) Like and he growls it too. (laughs) Yeah fuck oh my god we couldn't get a second take (laughs) i guess we couldn't afford that to back everything up and take it again but oh jesus that was great
0: (laughs) yeah this movie's like good in the worst way
1: yeah it's a terrible no no
0: no it's bad in the best way
1: (laughs) yeah bad in the best way that's it it is a terrible movie terrible movie but to see steven seagal play a major role in this movie now to his credit and now of course obviously not knowing beforehand there was that big thing with bruce willis every like the internet wanted to point out that bruce willis did about 10 movies in one year and was barely in any of them but was like on the posters for all of them and then it comes out that he has whatever that dementia is that he has whatever so, you know of course sucks for him but He just needed the money or wanted the money or whatever it was. Get the roles out before he lost, you know, whatever faculties he had. Steven Seagal, on the other hand, the problem that Steven Seagal has, and it made me crack up because this movie was actually filmed in the United States. Steven Seagal has basically been living in Russia for the last like 20 years. (laughs) And so for him to be on screen as much as he is, but not be standing up was cracking me up because he spends this entire movie sitting down, wheezing did, his lines did you,
0: out. Did you <laughs> notice that half the time when he's on screen, it looks like he was like green screened into whatever set he was on.
1: Yes. It was so great. Awesome, and he's
0: awesome. The, the dad with the dead son, and he has the occasional dead son attempted jump scares. I'm like, what are we doing here? What is, that, what's going on? That was
1: Messner's character, the corrupt cop.
0: Now, <laughs> the best part,
1: even with that, like you know how we know that his kid, this kid's name is Chance, and Zach Ward shoots him in the face. You know how we know he was a good kid gone wrong? He's wearing a cut-off jean jacket. He's got the jean jacket with the sleeves cut off, and he's got, like, a white T-shirt on under it. Like, he's one of the fucking outsiders, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, him and Patrick Swayze and Matt Dillon are going to go rob a soda joint or something, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, they're going to go knock off the sock hop or some shit. Like, that's this guy. I'm like, who wrote this guy? <laughs> like, this movie is from the cliche handbook, <laughs> and this guy right here is
0: the exact same thing. <laughs> Now how so if we want to make this movie actually a good movie what cast do we have to go with?
1: I mean I think all you need is a better writer and director you keep the cast you have <laughs> because they they pull it off well you just need a better ca- actor and direct you need a better director and um like you just really need a better director because a good or director you
0: need a worse director and writer to make this the best movie
1: possible. that's the thing you either need you need to go one way or the other if you want to make it so bad it's amazing you need a worse director you need like a tommy Wiseau. if you want to make it a good movie like legitimately good movie you got to get a good action director like um who's the who's the hot guy right now who's the um who's the john wick guy right now um fuck I can't think of his name but the guy who's directed all the John Wicks you get him involved you get a good action movie because he'll actually care about the fight scenes he'll actually care about like a little bit of the story it'll still be a ridiculous story you can keep that
0: uh, but, well, it would be uh, Chad David,
1: David Leitch or
0: oh, yeah, David, yeah, just
1: Chad
0: yeah Chad
1: Stolheski yeah and like you would get you would get um you'd get better action. But the thing is you would also you need somebody who can tell the actors, like, hey, look, we got a couple takes. We need we you gotta have a little bit of a budget too. Cause I don't yeah. think this movie had a budget. You know, you yeah, know that's a um
0: bit of- I Like, every time an actor died, I'm like, they had to kill him off before the end because they couldn't afford him for any longer.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: (laughs) They couldn't afford uh, to have DMX and Bill Cobbs make it to the end. Well, that's
1: the thing. The, the fact that Bill Cobbs would be the one that like commands the salary in this movie <laughs> just shows you where you're starting with your red lining of your budget. Because that man is like, I don't know, 10th build on Demolition. Man. <laughs> so for him to be like one of the top names in this movie, that's what cracked me up.
0: And then I love so the dad's taking revenge for the for uh the for, Zach Ward uh, killing his son. Zach Ward killing his son. And he, his first encounter is he takes his gun and he doesn't kill him with it.
1: Right. It's it's amazing. Also, there is, I just, I just looked it up because I was looking at the cast on IMDb. There's another Beyond the Law. It's a Charlie Sheen movie from yes. 1983 which I feel like I might need to see. <laughs> but then there is my favorite it's, I'm sure the young lady, the young lady has an amazing name. Like her, her actual name, she plays Charlotte in this movie. Her actual name is Saxon Charbino. I was like, that's a pretty cool ass name. Like that's a good like, kind about to be famous actress name, but she'll never be famous because she's in shit like this. But for her character of Charlotte to actually sort of kind of play a role in this movie and then get killed at the end, was <laughs> so like when she gets shot in the face at the end I was like oh she's dead Yeah I, I think she was in this movie <laughs>
0: no, I am scrolling through some of the uh, More like this And we might have picked the wrong movie We might have picked the wrong Seagal movie
1: Oh I'm willing to bet we did
0: <laughs> China Salesman
1: Wow <laughs> Wow <laughs> I don't I don't even I don't even know where to start with that. Um, okay so I am also on that you might also like now Mike are you on the website or are you on the app?
0: I'm on the app.
1: Okay, so am I. So do you have the first one as last man down?
0: No, I have the the first I have the first one for our story, which is a foreign film that's kind of a religious film, and I have no idea why that is the first one popping Mm. up.
1: Yikes. And then, all right, okay, so our okay, so I had both. I had like movie and TV, must have had a TV, but yeah, our story that one looks interesting. General Commander, interesting, yes. uh, attrition that sounds about right. Uh, American Sicario, uh, I'm sure has nothing to do with the Sicario series,
0: yes. <laughs> Deadly Contract, Danny Trejo. <laughs>
1: here it is, De- okay, Deadly Contract. China Salesman. I believe that was one of the titles when we did Under Siege that it was in our original the Steven Seagal game because that's the Mike Tyson one. Yes. That's the Mike Tyson one that has a different name on the poster. <laughs> now, there's also shit like Contract to Kill. There's Cartels, which all of these movies, like, okay, Freaky Deaky is one. And um. Christian Slater and Crispin Glover are in that movie. Michael Jai White is in it. I am very interested to know. Oh, Andy Dick is in it. I am very interested to know why Freaky Deaky is similar to this movie. (laughs) This is wow. Oh, Bill Duke's in that. I might be watching Freaky Deaky. I I don't know why I haven't seen it before. But there is, oh my God, so much. About this movie, and then there's DMX demanding more the Hennessy bottle while he's sitting at the bar in this movie. Yes, he's like he's like just leave the bottle. It's almost like the actor who was playing the bartender didn't know the line was coming and like didn't hear him because he has to say it multiple times before the guy just hands him the bottle. And it's like was that actually written or did that dude not paying attention (laughs) or did DMX go off book (laughs) and try to just demand the full bottle because he thought it'd be better for his character
0: (laughs) or did? DMX actually want the full bottle so that he can drink it to make it through this movie.
1: Right, so he can deliver lines like "You shot me." <laughs> or I'm sorry. Hold on. I'm one of the funniest things the about this
0: movie is DMX doesn't realize that everyone knows he's a dirty cop.
1: <laughs> right. That that's that's so good. I mean, it's <laughs> it is so good. But then, of course, there's the legendary. and Of course, it has to happen every movie when Steven Skull does stand up he does deliver his legendary slap keto, and yeah. he very quickly kills our main character, Johnny Messner. <laughs> very quickly kills him. <laughs> Almost as if it was written in this contract to say, look, I'll be your villain, but at the end, I'm going to do my slap keto, and no one's going to be touching me. <laughs> but <laughs> And then the character, and then of course the character gets arrested off screen, but it's not before he has dispensed his uh, right-hand woman or whatever, his right-hand man to send out his right-hand woman to kill Charlotte, we hardly knew you. But then the one other thing about this movie that cracks me up, and you can tell it's a straight-to-video movie, a straight-to-streaming movie, because the soundtrack of this movie is nothing but, like, generic suspense music. Yeah. And it's really terrible, and it's really, like, like Casio keyboard level. <laughs> yeah.
0: no. Also, when they first started showing like the Dead Sun flashbacks, did you get the idea that it like this was going to be some sort of like, did we get ourselves into a paranormal type of? I
1: was time? hoping it would be like that. I was hoping <laughs> it would be like that. Um, but no, alas, we get like two of them. We get the one in the diner and then we get another one at some point. But it's and like,
0: it, <laughs> it's just a skinny white kid turning around and they're like adding suspenseful music. It like, he's not that scary. I could fight him and win.
1: He's not scary at all. That actor, I'm. I'm sorry to say. Again, I'm sure he's a nice person, but that actor is definitely a stiff breeze away from dying. You know, <laughs> and he is is not tough at all. He's not when he's playing like the quote unquote bad kid gone wrong. I was just laughing. I was like, yeah. this dude, this dude sucks.
0: Like, this guy's only. Doorstep into acting would have been straight to video horror movies, and I think yeah. he might have ruined his chances at that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's absolutely phenomenal, but um, oh yeah, that's that is beyond the law. But um, a phenomenal movie. If you ever need to watch a phenomenally bad straight to movie,
0: yeah, it, it's one of those so bad that it's worth a watch.
1: It is definitely, and it that's the thing. A lot of straight to streaming movies you can tell are just complete garbage, but this one is like garbage that's somehow still watchable, you know <laughs> yeah it's it's really it's really very weird but um you
0: know, you know would have made this like s- take that step up for me is if Jesse Moss played the kid who gets killed <laughs> Jesse Moss. I feel um, like I it, know what um, I feel like I know
1: what I'm gonna find when I Google Jesse Moss. Yes. You did. but um Oh yeah, that guy, the dude from Tucker and Dale. Yeah, yeah. If
0: he was the one that gets beaten to death at the start of the movie, I'd have been like, yes, yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> And he he would have somehow done it better, too. He would have done that role better. Like, he would have made that character's on screen for 30 seconds be a little more fleshed out, you know, and be a little more well-rounded, be a little better, you know. But then again, they probably couldn't afford him. (laughs) (laughs) Because they've already got Seagal and they already got Bill. (laughs) Also,
0: we're we're, we're about 10 years past Tucker and Dale versus Evil, so he might have looked too old.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean. I don't in this movie, I don't think it would have mattered. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We have we have DMX as a cop in this one. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> it's just an exit wounds. <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 a good one. It's a good one to just kind of throw on. Um I think it's on showtime, I think is what <laughs> I had to do. I did like that free showtime trial or whatever and I got. Yeah, it but whatever. It's it's fine enough so. Anyway, that's uh, been our streaming action months So, Mike, where can people already find us?
0: All right. You find us for your streaming pleasure on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Overcast, or wherever else you get your podcasts from because of Anchor. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Happy Hour Films Podcast. Go like all our shit, leave some comments, message us. We love to hear it.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and uh, we're probably going to get our, our video stuff back, our YouTube stuff back on track at some point when we figure out uh, the next thing we want to do. We have a couple ideas, yeah. but we uh, got to figure out how we're going to do it, but yeah. um, either way, this podcast rolls on, and next week, we're going to do some straight-to-streaming comedies, which obviously if anyone pays attention to streaming comedy deals knows we have to talk about adam sandler at some point so we got to talk about ridiculous six which i think is probably the most watchable of all of those movies that he's (laughs) put out there Uh, i've seen a few of them most of them are terrible um then there's we're going to talk about day shift which is a jamie fox uh dave franco vampire hunter kind of action-ish comedy but um then There's the movie I'm actually quite excited to watch because it will lead into our final week of December. It is Falling for Christmas, which is the Lindsay Lohan brand new Lifetime-ish Christmas movie. And it looks terrible and amazing all at once, but it also will lead into our final week of the month, which will be our Lifetime Christmas movies uh, week, which... I know my mother-in-law, Mike's aunt, is. She doesn't listen to the show. But if she did, she would probably love because that—that that is her wheelhouse. <laughs> Ever since these have started, come on, at like Halloween, on like the Halloween uh, on the Hallmark Network and Lifetime, she's been watching them. And yep, I—I <laughs> don't—I don't, I don't want to use her as a reference because I fear she'll give us some good ones, <laughs> <More> <laughs> like some watchable ones, but. I I, Mike and I will be talking about white girls who from from the big city have a magical country dick and then they want to live down home somewhere in the middle of the country where they can have that magical blue collar penis telling them that the life has not been complete without it and uh, they should give up their hopes and dreams as an independent woman who's successful and just. Enjoy having a family for Christmas and a penis that's from a farm boy or something like
0: that or a a
1: crush from there, from their high school days or that boy next door who is the blue collar handyman. And she's just the starred for penis, big city girl who just needs his dick to change her life at home during the holidays. And, uh, yep. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I just explained the plot of every single one of these movies. (laughs) but until next week when we talk about first all, we got to talk about some streaming comedies i have been ross bacon
0: i've been mike McWigan.
1: we'll see you guys next time so long